Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Football is many things. Unpredictable. Exciting. Colorful. Passionate. Absorbing. Expensive. Venal. Infuriating. Exasperating. Time-consuming. Depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. has long been fascinated by statistics from Charles Hughes in the 60s with his obsession with POMO. POMO, Chris, what's that mean? Uh, position of Good. maximum opportunity. Excellent answer. Well done. I, 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 well, I always try to position myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, through to Opta and Sam Allardyce and all that and, and, and at the present, this expected goals index. But this week has had me thinking um, that there needs to be more research uh, uh, I think, and not less. I'd like to know, for instance, in this Valentine's week, the rate of success for marriages where the marriage proposal has taken place on the pitch. <laughs> or are fans generally right in singing, and I'm sure you've experienced this, you don't know what you're doing, which is what's usually sung in those, in those situations. And does yeah. tying football into your love life have a positive or a negative effect? Okay, so, for instance, I was married in the summer, naturally, yeah. Uh, because you know there's no games, and we and and we were married at three fifteen, yeah. as a nod to Stoke's traditional early seventies kickoff time okay. to fit in with the shift patterns at the local Michelin factory, and and the week that my wife and I got engaged, my wife had a tattoo of Stoke City done on her ass. <laughs> um, and did you know? Don't know that. How would I know that? <clears throat> well, I might have told you. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, the the result, of all, the result of all that is, um, I'm divorced. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I think you put so, a lot. You put a lot of thought into that. I mean, I, I, got, I myself got married on a Saturday uh, in the afternoon, and uh, in the in the little uh, brochure that we sent out, uh, but, yeah. you know, t- one o'clock this, three o'clock at Susan's yeah, yeah. parents' house reception, yeah. blah blah blah, and then four forty-five final score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember getting a message from uh, an elderly gentleman friend who was uh, saying, oh, "I'm afraid I can't make it, but 
what is final score? <laughs> well, and I remember we beat the QPR four one, so oh, it all okay, seems to be going go. well. There you go. Well, yours are more successful. I just, I just like to know to, to know uh, you know more. Uh, more about the, the wider range. You know, our, our our sample isn't big enough. You know, one success, no. one failure. Um, yeah. and, and, and this <laughs> got me onto thinking that, uh, that there's lots of other statistics that I would like to see. We get fed an awful lot of stuff, don't we? But I, I'd like to know how often a player scores in the same game that they score an own goal. Because that seems to be a thing. I think there must it? be a stat for that, mustn't there? You'd have thought so. And our lucky pants a thing. There's definitely not a stat for that. Do teams on a terrible run of away form do better at Stoke than anywhere else? Because anecdotally, that's how we feel. And, <laughs> and, why, and why is it only other teams that have strikers that go on a hot streak after a barren one, whereas we have strikers that stay? On a barren streak, that turn out to be for, yeah barren strikers. Yeah, that's is the and is the new manager bounce real? You see things yeah, like that. Well, I I can tell you that it is not. But still, yeah, and, <laughs> no. And can can a player actually become a bad player overnight? Uh, so, yeah, I believe yeah. that's possible too. Yeah, I think I think well, a proper statistician would actually pinpoint the night that it happened. Well, that's what you. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if they'd been in some sort of awful accident, that can't oh, well, count, yeah, yeah. can yeah, it? Yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. No, no. and and do players actually only lose pace in increments of one yard? Okay. That, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I so and I've said this to you before, Chris. I want to have a statistician on the show, someone who has the time to look into some of these sort of dearly yes. held but probable myths. And yeah. and so I'm just I'm, I'm asking our listeners to suggest any tame and entertaining statisticians <laughs> they might have about their person. Well, and, yeah, not just statistics. Actually, you want a person. <laughs> well, yeah, because they need to be explained, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, I suppose sure, so. Yeah, I've often, I've always issue. wondered how many uh, of the goals scored by a hat trick hero uh, he scored with the match ball that he's taking home. I think that that because there, there, there are so many balls in the game, I yes. feel it must be possible that hat trick heroes are taking home uh, completely uh, irrelevant match balls. Yeah. And I'd also like to know if there's a more su- a most successful colour of boot now that people wear uh, different coloured boots, different, many different coloured boots, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think that the and these are the sort of questions you know that that, that we need answers. They need they they're, they're questions that, that don't have answers. Whether they need them is another thing. Uh, did you see yeah. that Southampton have banned Grimsby Town fans from taking inflatable haddocks to their fifth round FA Cup tie? Do you remember when yeah. it, and every club uh, seemed like it had an inflatable? Yes. Did Stoke have one? We we had Pink Panthers. Did you? <laughs> and, did. and the reason being? I don't know. I think we were one of the early taker-uppers. I've got a feeling that Man City's bananas yeah. were, f- were kind of first showcased at Stoke. Oh, really? I remember, right, okay. it being, I remember it being a very, very, very new thing. And, and so some some enterprising Stokey with, with a warehouse full of inflatable pink panthers <laughs> <laughs> jumped, jumped on it immediately. Well, I suppose, yeah, I suppose if you wash a red and white uh, football shirt often enough, it will gradually tend to pink. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we had dogs. After Joe Royal uh, described the team in an interview 
um, as yard dogs because we used to have the, uh, Milligan and Henry in midfield to yeah, uh, v- v- you know biting at the heels of yeah, yappy uh, midfielders. Yes, yeah. exactly. And and but you know the, the, a yard dog inflatable wasn't actually possible, so we had Dalmatians, which were rather cute. <laughs> <laughs> But it does seem to me, doesn't it, an outstandingly joyless move by Southampton. I mean, you know, we're bottom of the league, we're miserable, we want to make sure everyone else is miserable too. And that's the magic of the cup. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I I don't understand it at all. I can only think that they think that they bring real fish. Well, I don't know. I I think Grimsby have obviously asked for permission. And if you ask for permission from the, you know, the headmaster mentality of the uh, administrative people at a football club they're going to say no whatever the fuck you ask them because they're in the position of power where they can knock you back you know i think it's a definite blow to the local inflatable fishing industry in grimsby i mean they're so easy to catch you know because they're all on the surface yeah and they don't swim away uh, unless they actually spring a leak but but there is there is a precedent which is that Grimsby asked um, Barnet I think on the, <laughs> the last day of the 2017 season did you see this yeah, if they yeah. could take them and they they weren't allowed and well I'll let you finish the story Chris well it's not much of a story but they they responded by uh, raising a thousand pounds and hiring a mariachi band and maybe yeah. you know that's what Southampton are hoping for we like a bit <laughs> of mariachi who doesn't we'd much rather have mariachi than an inflatable fish I would lift the mood in a way that hundreds of <laughs> inflatable fish never could or maybe yeah. here's another thing they could just hire, uh, raise 70 pence and hire the england band <laughs> absolutely a free match ticket will do him uh, do it for them uh, we'll do it that. for them it will <laughs> uh, yeah did you see yeah, yeah. speaking of the england band did you see there was a, an interesting uh, world cup postscript uh, this week but the news that qatar are donating ten thousand of the mobile homes they made oh, yes, out of containers see, that they created for the world cup uh, to help with the humanitarian crisis in Turkey and Syria following the terrible earthquakes there last week. Uh, yeah. uh, there's a million homeless in Turkey, apparently. It's a terrible thing. But these things, incredibly, will actually be welcome and useful. Who'd have thought yeah. that? Who'd have thought that was going to happen? As wow. they would have been in, in Kiev, it occurs to me, but still. Yes. Well, no, uh, that, 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 that was an interesting postscript. I haven't quite finished on Harry the Haddock, though. Oh, yeah. Um, only in that there are two things. One, the £1,000 they raised for the Miriachi band. Yeah. Right? I wouldn't like to be the bloke collecting the money. <laughs> People come with us and go, what are you collecting for, mate? Well, it's because of the Haddocks. It's because of the band Haddocks. Yes. <laughs> it's for a Miriachi band. Yeah. Oh, right, OK, then. And they raised £1,000, which is great. And the other one, and this is just me being very, very, very dull because I'm a fisherman. I have to say that I've looked at the pictures and a lot of these inflatable fish are not Haddock. What are they, mackerel? Well, there's certainly a trout in there that I've seen, <laughs> uh, and that's and that's a fact. I mean, an inflatable trout, obviously, but you know, that's just me having to add that in. Um, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. Did you see? Did you see? By the way, that um, that Prince Andrew was de- described de- by a Palace insider <laughs> as the Millwall of the royal family. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just makes you think. What do they know? <laughs> Doesn't it? Well, it seemed a very... And I thought, you know, he's not going to be an inside of a very long display, is he, really? <laughs> and I was trying to think of, of what other 
other uh, royals could be. And I could only think of pre- maybe maybe listeners would like to send in suggestions, email oh, yeah. or, or etc. But uh, <laughs> but we won't really matter. I could only think of Prince Charles being like Arsenal because both of them uh, think they're going to get crowned in 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 May. Uh-huh. But, but but in fact, uh, a lot of people want them to have egg on their faces. In Prince Charles's case, literally, literally, uh, as we've seen, literal uh, eggs, in, uh, literal, literal face. eggs. Literal fate. <laughs> literal eggs. Literal face. <laughs> One bill. <laughs> I was just going to tell you that I watched, in a, in a, in a, a tragic way, I watched England versus West Germany <laughs> from 1975 in the full game. The full game, yeah. um, uh, because it was Alan Hudson's debut. It was. It was the, it was the game, wasn't it, where he uh, he seemed like he was going to be the answer for the next 10 years. And yes. Then, did he play one more game or something like that? He played one more game against Cyprus, but Alan, of course, I called it, I called it one game. Uh. I called it one game. The bloke who was marking me in the Cyprus game, he was a waiter from down the Fulham Road. And I'm thinking, <laughs> that's not true, is he, Alan? Anyway, I watched this game. Is that the game, game that McDonald scored five in? That was the yeah, game yeah. that McDonald scored five in. Yeah, yeah. So the England team was, I mean, I could let you have a go at it, but it might take too long. I know. You can have a go at it? No, I, I, in the mid-70s, the thing I remember is there were a lot of players beginning with C, <laughs> like uh, Shivers, Curry, Shannon. Um, Shannon played. Okay. okay. Okay, so it was it was, it was Clements. Clements, that's another. There you yeah. go. Whitworth. Yeah. Um, Watson, Dave Watson's debut. Todd. Gillard, and then the midfield was Bell, Ball and Hudson, and the front three were Keegan, uh, Shannon and McDonald. Right. Right, okay. Great game. But the best thing about it was that the co-commentator was Alf Ramsey. Oh, man. Yeah, whose voice I hadn't heard for ages. And, of course, he's brilliant. He's got that fantastic pretend receive pronunciation thing that he does where he clips the G's off everything in terms of the running and the shooting. Yeah. (laughs) So there was a lot of that. And he used this phrase, and I know know that you'll like this, even if nobody else does, and I (laughs) want to say it. He said... Uh, well, the German fullback uh, briefly imagined himself in Utopia, but uh, Gillard uh, rids him of that idea. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great thing to say. It's a, yes, a it's a little fullback. bit like a little bit like uh, the Dambusters is on another channel and leaking into the football. Yeah, <laughs> I just loved he bre- their fullback briefly imagined himself to be in Utopia. <laughs> <laughs> Great thing to say. Anyway, oh, sorry, yes. and and uh, we should go on to Oldham. And I want to say that you know it's uh, it is thirty years since Eric Cantona made his debut in the Premiership. And who did he make his debut against? I'm going to say uh, Oldham. Was it Oldham? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No. And the score was? I don't know. I went to see a game that where Cantona played and scored two, and it was two two. Was it that game? No, it was 2-0 to Oldham. Was it? Right. I no, did see Cantona yeah. play against Oldham and score two. But uh, yeah. anyway, before we, as we said, before we think about the City fans booing the Premier League anthem because they had the temerity to investigate them for financial doping, let's first con- contemplate poor old mouldy old doe echoing around Boundary Park ahead of last night's Vadarama adventure against Gateshead, who were our nemesis in the FA Trophy home elimination a few weeks ago, described as our worst performance of the season, after which David Unsworth went straight off to start his car and left assistant John Eberle to do the post-match interviews, you'll remember. Things have changed since then, of course, because we've had an even worse performance against Halifax. (laughs) (laughs) Oldham this week, you you were laughing at this last week, but Oldham this week lodged an official complaint. That's what you do with an official complaint, you lodge it. about the referee? About the referee in last week's home game against Halifax. You remember he was supposedly... (laughs) 
a Rochdale fan. It was also apparently his first professional game. So he has the it was my first day excuse. But um, the basis of the complaint, oh my goodness, is that it was too big a game for him to start his refereeing career with. Which is wow. kind of hilarious, isn't wow. it? I mean, there were there were like six or seven thousand there because Halifax is a pretty local derby for a, not as local as Rochdale, of course. And the rumor persisted that the referee, who's a school teacher, had said to the kids in his class that he was off on Saturday to see Oldham lose. <laughs> which is which is hilarious, old school rumoring. I think didn't didn't somebody say that he was wearing Rochdale shorts? Which well? <laughs> <laughs> is a fantastic thing. <laughs> I mean, you could argue, obviously, that the apparently awful penalty decision that he gave in Halifax's favour decided the game. Um, I didn't see it. I just hear it was awful. But anyway, but I think you, you could also argue that if Oldham had had a single shot, either on target or off target, they would maybe have a more legitimate grievance. But still. Anyway, Gateshead came to Oldham last night and I watched it on the National League streaming thing, which worked OK, despite the many complaints and actual refunds from the game last week. And to my surprise... Uh, and Glee, or actually. The commentary was by uh, Mike and Roy from the Latix website. I guess Radio Manchester weren't bothering with it. So it was a nostalgic run through some old hits. Oh, my phone's going off. They're sending me technical information. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> then silence for a few whole minutes. Although the sound was working because you could still hear the crowd because Roy had kicked the cable out of the junction box. And this is what they were, t- <laughs> this is what they were texting him about. Plug the microphone back in. Daft old son. Oh, no, apparently they could hear us in Bristol. Anyway, the the coldest first half was dreadful. Here's a tip for you. Don't watch the Vanarama on one screen and the Champions League on another one alongside it. Uh, Because it wasn't a great game, Milan against Spurs, but it was like a different sport. You're looking from one to the other. Oh, dear. But then the second half started with commentary and crowd noise and the ghastly recycling half-time music, which someone had forgotten to turn off, which was running through the game. It was like being watching a game whilst on hold on a call to the Halifax Building Society, except you felt that your call wasn't all that important to anybody. <laughs> and while the, while the music was still going on, to musical accompaniment, Oldham scored, and they did actually come out for the second half like a team reborn. David Unsworth sent them out five minutes before the opposition, as he did last week when he got a much better second half performance. And it's almost as though they benefit from hearing as little as possible of his tactical input. (laughs) But anyway, 14 minutes later, Oldham scored again. The music had gone, but it was to the accompaniment of a burst of CB radio from a local cab company, which was great. And we were all over them. And then, into the 80th minute, here's a little quiz question for you now. The commentator, not Roy, the other one, Mike, who Roy refers to as a whippersnapper, so he's probably only about 65. He said this incredible thing. They say 2-0 is a dangerous score, but it won't be tonight. Oh! And now I invite you to guess the very next thing that he was obliged by events to say. It's doable, I promise. A, a, a commentator's curse. No, he said, oh, it's a goal for Gateshead. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> immediately. The very next thing. Anyway, two minutes later, the ball trickled through our penalty area with defenders wafting at it. The keeper patted it gently on the head as it went by and it was poked in from about a foot out for 2-2. And having completely bossed the second half, we shat ourselves for the last seven minutes and managed to hold on for a draw. Such is the Vanarama. The Vanarama. 
Indeed. Indeed. One of your, you didn't have a game on Saturday, of course. No. Uh, did you? Because it was the FA Trophy. Yeah. And one of your, uh, one of your, um, your, your Oldham boys um, went to see um, uh, Northwich v Winsford. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the Northwest uh, Counties League, because I, I, he sent a picture oh, to lovely. us. And he was very pleased to <laughs> see uh, that uh, Northwich v Winsford, uh, the Mid Cheshire Derby, as he described yes. it, in the Northwest Counties League. They had the ball on a plinth. Hey, excellent. Yeah, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to get to that game. My, my grandfather uh, was uh, from Northwich, and my father also, but my grandfather played for Winsford. And so oh, that, would have, been a, that would have been a great game. I'd have loved to have gone to that. So in some ways, yeah, yeah. The the granddad, um, uh, granddad England, uh, let's leave Old Trafford before the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, uh, he's, a, he's only like half a dozen stops up the <clears throat> line to Old Trafford, so he's legitimately yeah. low and, and, and just after I got away, so got, so got, did you see that Burt Bacharach had died? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, another one of our of our of our regulars, Trevor Phillips, said, said that that he'd always been disappointed in Burt Bacharach and Hal David in the song "What Do You Get When You Fall in Love." Yeah. Uh, for not rhyme, rhyming pneumonia with Billingham Symphony. <laughs> well, uh, Billy, Billing Symphony. Yeah, I mean he'll be uh, he'll be a spinning in his grave and b kicking himself right now. <laughs> yes, yes. Those two anyway, things. we should move on. Yeah, yeah. Round and round the managerial yeah. whirly gig goes. Last week, Leeds sacked Jesse Marsh. This week, he's the favourite for the Southampton job. And also on yeah. the list of possibles, Frank Lampard, until recently manager of relegation rivals Everton. Uh, and there is a case that they know what's required in a relegation struggle, having been unable to provide it in their previous job. Um, Southampton sacked Nathan Jones. He didn't last too long. Uh, he packed his bags, as I recall. Um, 95 days, not the shortest, uh, which is a, a failure, actually, since we're talking about stats, of, of uh, Rasmus Ankergren's stat-based approach, because stats indicated that Jones was an underrated gem. But it goes to show that stats don't tell you the whole story, because he's clearly... A, a, a kind of unstable nut job, isn't he? Well, yeah, and there's been, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to actually feel sorry for him. As you well know, Nathan Jones was, was yes. at Stoke uh, briefly. There was actually, and this this is not something, these two things don't necessarily get linked. There was a, an interesting interview yeah. with the next player, uh, which was Ashley Williams, who said that, that Nathan Jones came in, you know, and yeah. they, and he said, and he said, and there we've got a dressing room. We've got people who've won the Champions League. There's me. There's Ryan Shawcross. There's uh, Jack Butland. There's Joe Allen. There's yeah. Charlie Adam. There's all these people, and he says, and we're just sitting there, what you know, waiting to be told what to do because we're good professionals. Yeah. And he came and he said, well. Obviously, I can't tell you lot what to do. You all know far more, about, <laughs> much more about football than I do. And he, and then he said, "Well, I know you play like a flatback four, but what we used to do at Luton uh, was play with a diamond." Mm. Anyway, off you go. And he said, "We're going, yeah, but well, but what are we meant to do? Just tell us what to do." <laughs> and he wouldn't tell them what to do. And footballers uh, are used to being told what to do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was quite quite an interesting thing. Yeah, and now, I mean, you do feel sorry for him because obviously he, he, he was a big chance for him, and it and it didn't go well. And I he, yeah. I was surprised actually when they sacked him uh, at how poor his record in the league was because he's had some, some good wins in in the cups, hasn't he? Since yes, he, he got there. And uh, but. Uh, I did see an article about him, uh, which contained a, a quote of his from the from you know earlier in his career. I want to test myself on every level, and that's nothing against Welsh women. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did see the beginning of the quote, I hope, <laughs> which was, I could have stayed in the valleys, yeah. I could have married a nice Welsh yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but now he has that chance. He can go back and be a PE teacher. That was the dream that he threw away. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, yeah, interesting that Jesse Marsh is linked, is, 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 is linked with the job. Um, I think the big thing at the weekend, well, for me, the big thing at the weekend was just the VAR going even yeah, yeah. more spectacular. You know, the madness of the VAR. Did you see that yesterday? Oh, you were just talking about the Tottenham game. I didn't realise they'd scrapped away goals, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I, I, sometimes I think I'm just not interested in football at all. Um, <laughs> anyway, that that that, that uh, uh, Mikel Arteta has demanded the points. Well, yeah, um, yeah, for, yeah. yeah. I, I, yes, I mean, yeah. I, there, there were there were two very poor um, poor decisions, weren't there? With yeah. the uh, the Brentford goal not being disallowed at. Uh, against Arsenal because he didn't even look at the at the at the relevant yeah. thing, and uh, because he spent because he, he'd spent so much time looking at the the thing that wasn't going to turn out to be relevant that he didn't look at the yeah. just the straight <coughs> offside that was the cross to the goal. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, good luck Arteta getting getting the points back for yeah. for for something like That's, that because you know the, the, there's no precedent for that at all, and nor should there be. Yeah. No, it's like it's like life, livestock salesmen demand return of magic beans. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to happen. I did when you're talking about about the. I mean, the, it's it's all about the errors, isn't it? At Stockley Park, there was a, an absolutely stunning quote from Keith Hackett, yes, who said, "You've got to." I don't know whether you saw that. You've got to remember that you know they're just sitting around watching a game like they're at home, you know, and under those circumstances. Clearly, there are going to be times when they've gone to get a cup of tea. <laughs> 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 I, just I think they, they went to great trouble, especially at the beginning, to, to, to uh, make it look like they weren't just sitting and watching it at home and that they'd got dressed up in referee's kit um, yeah, to, to yeah. do it. Uh, you know, one of them even was wearing Rochdale shorts, I think, while he was just, you know, <laughs> while they were watching the game to give themselves j just within the room that sense of authority and, and occasion. Yeah, you know, and I think that, that when they have a cup of tea, uh, it's waiting for them on a plinth and they t pick it up as they come into the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, no, no, they made it look, didn't they? Like they were at mission control. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they were they were lent over, you know, a, a, a massive desks of, of buttons and, and, and beads and all sorts of things. I, I thought there were a couple of very interesting things. One, which has been this call for younger people to do mm. it because these older referees just don't understand how to make the technology work, which actually I can... As to somebody who mm. doesn't know how to make technology work, I can see, kind of see the sense. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I mean, do you need to be a referee or do you need to know how the technology works? I mean, pre you know, preferably both, but you'd have thought knowing how the technology works is more important, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I would have. And the other suggestion is, is um, you know, this is the most successful, financially successful, certainly, uh, uh, league in the world. Why do why do referees have to come from here? The players don't come from here, and I thought that was a really interesting yeah. point. Actually, that hadn't crossed my mind. It's not like it's going to cost them a lot of money, you know. They just pay the referees more, and they can fly them in. Well, I mean, I think the trouble with VAR all along. I mean, there are, there are a couple of problems with it, but the problem all along is that uh, the the capacity for human error is is kind of provided by 
the same sort of humans who provide the errors on the pitch, you know, and yeah. and it's a category of uh, a mentality that 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 it would be good to mix up. I mean, there there, there were some uh, suggestions that ex players should do it because ex players would be able to spot when Jack Grealish was diving, would be able to spot. The th- how the game works in ways that referees, you know, the referee on the pitch yeah. seems not to understand. But I think, I, I think, I do think that the VAR um, should be just used for that line called the uh, offside one. And I think what was good in the World Cup was the technology that they had to sort of semi-automated, and that's that takes half of the referee out of the equation. I mean, the idea I hadn't yeah. realised that. The referees themselves were manually drawing the lines uh, that signify the the offside or not. And you know, you're asking you know elderly gentlemen who have retired from being referees to 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 deal with this sort of technology. And whereas in the World Cup, it was generated automatically by the sensors yeah. in the ball that deprived Cristiano Ronaldo of his goal that time. Um, yeah. Which, uh, but the sensors in the ball. Uh, give the exact split second when the ball is passed, and the lines are generated automatically. And the, the, we should, we should, you know, <laughs> it's hard to suggest more technology rather than less. But you want what you want to do is take, if you want to take the human error out of the equation, you know, yeah. you, you you need to automate even more. I'm afraid. No, I, I, well, I, I agree with you. And, and I, I've looked into it a little bit. There's lots of talk about how VAR works perfectly well everywhere yeah. else. And well, I've looked into that. And of course, everywhere else, there's loads of moaning about yeah. VAR, apart from in Germany. But that's the law, of course, that everything works better in Germany. And whether it's true or not, doesn't yeah, matter. Trains. Yeah, trains. Clearly, yeah. it works yeah, better yeah. in Germany. I mean, I know that I know that Juve Fiorentina at the weekend had two goals disallowed, uh, both of which were disallowed by VAR, and both of which, both set, each set of fans mm. uh, thought was absolutely disgraceful and said they do it fine in England you know so there you go. <laughs> and also if they're drawing these lines themselves clearly if like Keith Hackett said they're going off and having caffeinated drinks clearly the lines aren't going to be as straight as you'd like them to be are well, they well no they could so, be yeah uh, they could be a little bit trembly yeah a little bit yeah yeah. Um, just one one other thing for the weekend uh, before we go into the break. From me, anyway, is I loved the, I loved Ruben Diaz getting booked for Manchester City because he went careering down the pitch to demand a yellow card and got one. <laughs> <laughs> you stick, what's he moaning about? He wanted he wanted the referee to pull his card out, and he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just briefly on Manchester City, I was I was enjoying. Uh, Pep Guardiola's fight back at the weekend, um, which bordered on a kind of uh, mentalness, a bit crackers, I think. I mean, saying, claiming that City had been condemned and sentenced already without the opportunity to defend themselves, which is not true, is it? They haven't been sentenced to anything, nor will they be. <laughs> and condemned, maybe. But, you know, and he was... He, he was complaining that the other 19 teams are out to get City. That's how football works. <laughs> you know? They've made themselves into the villains of the piece. They must expect the other 19 teams to, to be uh, out to get them. And, you know, uh, if, if the accusation is that they've used um, uh, illicit means to maximise the financial advantage that they have... What are the other teams supposed to do? Why? What are they supposed to just sit back and, yeah, uh, please, sir, may I have another? You know, it's absurd. It's absurd. But it's all it's all out of the the Donald Trump playbook. The it's a witch hunt playbook. <laughs> 
You know. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I've told you before. I find it difficult to get to get passionate about, you know, the financial irregularities yeah, yeah. in football. Not because they don't matter, just because it, it's like being passionate about evolution. If you can't actually see it <laughs> happening, and and it's only relevant once yeah. it's happened, then that's the point at which I'm going to get interested. I saw that uh, that, that Daniel Levy had said that some clubs though are using this to distort the market, and you know that in his head he's thinking, "I wish it was us. I wish it was us. I wish it was us that were distorting." in the market more than anything but you know this it's all just pissing in a violin which is my new phrase for the week which <laughs> I've read. it is apparently it's a french phrase which okay. is uh, uh, uh pissant dans un violin okay. uh, which means you know you know it's you know it's um, pissing up the wall it's it's yeah only uh, with a little bit more class spouting nonsense <laughs> with a little bit more class yeah well we were going to have a guest this week but sadly because of technical difficulties although we did do a fantastic interview uh, uh, he doesn't seem to have recorded properly so Many apologies for that. Slightly shorter show this week, but I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, contact us on Twitter or by email or any way you want. And we'll be back uh, fulsomely next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.